Welcome back to the Where Your Feet Take You podcast. I am super excited for this guest that we're speaking with today. Um, amazing athlete, mom, friend, and Kristen Yaks. Uh, Kristen is a triathlete located in Bend, Oregon, and she's actually one of the first people that I started following on Instagram back whenever I decided to join the Instagram world many, many years ago. And I remember just finding her on there and being like, this woman is so cool. She lives in Bend. I love Bend. She's amazing. I want to be friends with her. (laughs) And here we are, like probably 10 plus years later. Um, She is the uh, psychology e-campus coordinator and senior instructor at Oregon State University, mom to son Axel, and was on the 2021 Zwift Academy team. She's a multiple Ironman and 70.3 finisher and podium uh, placer, multi-time Kona qualifier, and most recently overall age group winner at Oregon 70.3. I mean, honestly, I could go on and on about the list of amazing accomplishments that this woman has had, but I will let her kind of talk about some of these. And for now, welcome, Kristen. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Kayla. Thanks for that amazing introduction. I'm blushing a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's so true. I was typing out my introduction and I was like, wow, I could just keep on going because not only like... Yeah, you've been multiple time Kona right? You've done amazing things in Kona. You've done amazing things across the board. And yeah, I felt like I could just have kept on going. Um, But first, so we'll go into kind of like all things triathlon and how you kind of explored and yourself and gained, you know, growth over the years in triathlon. But I really want to first really quick chat on Oregon 70.3 because I felt really like I was super excited because I was there with your husband um, at the finish line because um, I, I had finished a little bit a, a little ways before that and I found him and we were standing there and he's like oh my gosh she's gonna do it she's gonna take the overall win and we both were just standing there super excited like refreshing refreshing when is she gonna come and when you came across into the finisher shoot I like got goosebumps and I was so excited to watch you come across the finish line as the overall age group champion. How was that? Yeah. Um, I had no idea where I stood at that point when I crossed the line. All that I was feeling at that point was that I finally felt like I had the type of race that I had trained years for. And I finally was able to execute on that day. So I was just happy that I was finishing feeling just as strong and with as much energy as I had at the start of the race. Like it was just an overall great day for me. And I executed kind of how I had planned the entire day. And that's never happened before to that extent. So when I crossed the line, I was just happy for that reason. And then when I saw you and Justin, and he had told me I was in utter shock, to be honest. Like, obviously, I started bawling and crying yeah. and had my moment. Like, I had to take a moment because I've set goals for myself, but winning the overall age group was never a goal for me. I usually just aim for my own age group. So it was a pretty special moment and um, probably one of the best feelings that I've ever felt at the end of the race. That's awesome. So I think that's kind of cool because really when you, what I'm hearing in there that I love is that your focus on executing your day overall is probably what led to this happening. And I think that's something that gets lost a lot when we're all out there, right? It's so easy to get caught up in, I want to win this. I want to do this. I want to PR at this. And when we kind of lose sight of what it actually takes to achieve that, then it, we can get really negative. Um, is there something in your training that's changed that allowed you to execute to that ability? Or was it a mindset thing, a physical thing? Anything you can pinpoint? Yeah, I think this year um, I've really been focusing on, so I've always been really good at the training and I don't think I race to my potential the way that I train. And um, I can train really, really hard and I push myself to the limit in training because there's no, you know, there's no repression if something, yeah. ha- you know, goes wrong or if you blow up, you blow up and you go home. Like there's, there, you're not on the stage at that point. So I'm, I'm willing to take those risks in training 
but I've never really done so during my races. And this time I was like, okay, I know what I can do in training. It's time to execute this. And it's time Mm -hmm. to put this to the test in my race. And I just had a different kind of confidence this year because I've been training so well and hitting certain numbers and I I knew that I could do it. So that was my focus for the race was like, okay, you know, you've done this in training. It's time to, it's time to execute this in the race and to not be scared and not be afraid and just focus on what you know you're capable of. And that's what I did for that race. And it, and it worked out really well for me. Yeah. Able to kind of, like you said, take some risks. Yeah. It's not always easy to do. It's it's not very scary, and like I said, it's easier to do in training, but sometimes it can be very hard to do in um, racing. So, with that, what were you focusing on specifically in that race? Did you have a mantra that you told yourself? Were you focusing on nutrition, specific power numbers, an effort, mindset, anything? What were you? Where was your complete focus? I guess. Well, I love that race, so I. First and foremost, I was just excited to be racing again because it was my first race of the season and it was it had been a long time coming. So I was just happy to be out there and I was like, I'm just going to have the best attitude that I can today and have a good time because I love that swim. So I knew that like the the race is set up for me to mm-hmm. have a good day. And I knew that my attitude would play a role in that if I just stayed positive and had a good time, which I did. Like I came out of uh, the swim really happy because it was over so quickly. <laughs> yeah, same here. <laughs> and we got to wear a wetsuit. <laughs> you guys didn't. Oh, I felt so, so bad cold. for you guys. Yeah. So cold. <laughs> yeah. And then getting out on the bike, like I have a new bike now and I feel really comfortable on the bike. So I was really excited to be kind of at the front of the race because I started in the front pack with the kind of near the front of the swim. So I finally felt like I was in a good position on the bike being in the race, not having to pass a ton of people to catch up to where I normally am. I was kind of strategic in that way. And then um, when I got off the bike, I was just like shocked by my time because it was finally a time that I knew that I could do. Yeah. And, um, I saw my husband and I was just like prancing around out of transition, (laughs) like ready to start the run. I had never been like so excited about like the bike and I didn't want to get off my bike. That's the first time I think it's 23 where I was like, it's over already. Like I gotta get off and so onto the run. And then the run was, uh, it was kind of a little bit lonely out there, but it was nice seeing you a couple of times. Yes. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, we were at like yeah. the perfect angle where we crossed paths a couple of times. Yes. Yeah. 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 We were no, both I in agree. that like place. Yeah. But there's like no spectators out there. So I had no idea how I was doing, where I was at. When I saw Justin at T2, he had said that I was in the lead, but only mm. by like seconds. And he oh, said, okay. the girl behind you is a really fast runner. I don't know. Like, how he got at that information or if he was just <laughs> telling me that to like encourage Spur you me to on run a little fast. bit. <laughs> yeah. But um so I I just I decided, okay, I'm gonna run my very, very hardest and just leave it all out there, which I did. Oh, I love that. So yeah, it's like again, you took risks. You said, Okay, well, yeah. we're gonna put everything out there. Um do you feel like that's was kind of learning how you raced really well? I mean, it sounds like you raced really well from a uh, energy standpoint by being excited, by just focusing on having fun and rejoicing in the fact that you do love to race and it was a chance to race. I know you have, you know, an Ironman coming up. Is that something that you're taking into this next race to try to help, you know, bolster some of that energy for uh, you're doing California, correct? Yeah, I'm doing Ironman California in, I think it's three and a half weeks, weeks away now. Yeah. yeah. So it's coming up. I'm super excited for it. I think I'm going to just have that same kind of perspective going into that race. Mm -hmm. I know what I'm capable of. I've been training really well. And so I'm just going to, I'm going to take the risk and I'm going to put my training to the test in the race and see what I can do. I love that. Yeah. I, you know, a lot of 
a lot of what almost all of these episodes that I've got with people, like I love the mindset side of things. And so watching people and, you know, I've watched you over the years, you know, because I've been following you for so long, you know, we chat and, you know, we've done quite a few races together, actually. Yeah. Um, and just seeing you kind of over the years go from someone who, you know, maybe wasn't totally confident in their self to seeing you cross that finish line in Oregon was just, to me, was really cool because, again, I've watched you kind of grow to be more confident in yourself with that. Um, and I think it's an exciting thing that I hope you continue to take, you know, down the line over the years. Um, with that, let's rewind the clock just a tiny bit here and talk about how you did get into triathlon because, um, you know, I know you started triathlon quite a few years, you know, are we looking at like 10 years ish now ago, maybe. Um, and in this time frame, again, I've watched you become you go from you know newbie triathlete to multi multiple world championship qualifier, overall age group champion. Um, how have you grown through that kind of process? What has changed? What have you learned most about yourself and kind of in that journey? Yeah, I'm gonna, so I'm gonna throw the I'm gonna throw the book at you real quick, <laughs> <laughs> right? And now I'm gonna share a story. Yes. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so I started in 2014. I did my first, I went straight for the 70.3 distance because mm -hmm. I had been running marathons and half marathons. I really loved running at that point. And um, when I met Justin, my husband, um, he had done a couple triathlons, half Ironman distance. And we started running together and biking together. And he said, you know what? I think you should do a triathlon. And I had never swam. And that part of it was very scary to me. I'm like, I can run and bike all day, but don't put me in a pool, please. <laughs> but then I kept thinking, like, that could be a really good challenge for me. And I, because I like cha challenging myself and yeah. doing things that are a little bit uncomfortable. And that was definitely a big step in that uncomfortable direction. Mm -hmm. So after doing a couple duathlons, which I did really well at, I decided, okay, it's, it's time to do a triathlon. Try, time to time jump, to jump in. <laughs> yeah. And uh, one of my friends was doing Ironman Boise 70.3. Mm -hmm. And so I signed up for that race and to, I was going to do it with her and train with her. We had the same coach at that time. So I, I, she had been coached by him and I took him on as a coach and yeah, that's how it kind of all happened. And then after doing that race, I mean, the race I finished and it didn't go like completely as planned, but what first race ever does. <laughs> but after finishing, I was completely hooked and I loved like that feeling that I had of challenging myself and doing something very uncomfortable and scary and finishing what I had started. Yeah. I mean, that's one of the cool things about triathlon, I think, um, is that that's what it does for you, really challenges yeah. you on that kind of piece. Um, you know, so you, you know, I like how I want to jump on the swim mindset here for a little bit, because <laughs> I know that that's been something that has been big for you, right? You even said like, don't put me in the pool. I don't want to swim. And, um, and even, you know, over throughout these years, yes, you've really improved in the swim, but I know again, from following you that there's been times where you literally won't hop in the water for like months because you just don't want to do it. Yeah. Um, and, but this year it seems like you've really kind of, again, embraced that challenge, embraced that, that piece of like, Hey, this is hard for me. Um, but I need to do it in order to get the goals that I want to achieve. Is there something that's changed? for you? Um, or have you shifted your mindset about swimming? Uh, where, how, I guess, what has really helped you to be able to continue to get yourself in the pool, even when you don't want to? Because I know there's a lot of athletes that listen to this podcast that that's one thing they struggle with is maybe not even with swimming, but sometimes even just in general with biking or triathlon in general, doing pieces that are really hard for them that they don't like, but trying to find that little piece that helps them to stay motivated and dedicated to it. Yeah, I would say that um, swimming definitely is is still even to this day a struggle for me because I haven't seen the improvement that I've seen in the other two sports. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's it's fun when you're improving and growing mm -hmm. and 
you know, getting faster, stronger, et cetera. But it's really frustrating when you're putting in all the work and the time and you're trying all these different methods and coaches and not seeing the improvements that you see in the other two sports. But it's Mm -hmm. also the thing that keeps me kind of humbled, but also coming back for more to see at some point there's got to be a tipping point, right? Or at some point um, something's got to click. And even if it never does, at least I continue to work toward that just in mm-hmm. case it does. Yep. I mean, the, the swimming's never going to be my strong suit, but um, it's always going to be something that I'm driven to try to improve on. Mm-hmm. And so I guess for myself, I've just, I have found a good environment for me to swim in um, a pool. Yeah. So like, even, even if I don't love swimming, I think making it the most, I guess, approachable environment that makes you want to go there and do it. Mm -hmm. So I, I found a pool that's close to my home. It's warm. It's an outdoor pool. Um, there's a hot tub and a sauna for me to enjoy after the swim. So it's, and I never have to fight for a lane because they do lane reservations and I always have a lane to myself. So just doing stuff like that to make it a little less stressful yeah. to going to the pool, um, gets me there and makes it an atmosphere that I want to be in. And I think that's been helpful for me as being someone who doesn't like getting into a pool. If it's warm, I have a lane to myself, you know, all those factors, Mm -hmm. um, even those little things can make it a little bit easier. I agree. I love that. And I like how you actually touched on that because it's oftentimes when we're really struggling with something, one way that makes it easier is to tackle the little things that make it so hard, you know, like you said, finding ways to find joy within it. And even if that's something as simple as knowing, Hey, I, there's a hot tub right there. I just got to get through the swim and I can go sit in the hot tub. Yeah. And that's going to make it easier for you Then hell. That's what you should do. Right. Like, (laughs) let's, (laughs) let's, let's do that. Um, awesome. I think that's, I think that's great. Um, okay, cool. Well, I'm going to switch, we're going to switch angles here for a second because um we you know as we mentioned in the um in the introduction you know you do work uh at the Oregon State University which for those of you that are not sure that is one of the bigger universities in Oregon there's two main ones and then the other two of the state universities um as a let's see psychology am I getting that right psychology instructor um so you're busy you have a kid he's eight is Axel eight yeah he just turned eight okay Oh my goodness. I remember when you were pregnant with him and, um, did the little, did the half marathon and (laughs) in bed and, um, gosh, it seems like it wasn't that long ago, but eight years. Wow. That's crazy. Um, so talk to me a little bit how you balance all that. Cause that's a lot. You're busy. Yeah, I'm very busy. Uh, the nice thing about my work schedule is that it's very flexible to my needs. I mean, I set, I can set my courses up however I want, um, but as far as the work component, um, it's very flexible. So it's a lot of grading, it's a lot of emails, it's a lot of interaction with the students, um, scheduling meetings, and a lot of that is just done when I'm available to do it. And sometimes that might mean stacking. Usually I try and stack my Mondays as heavy work days. And I do a lot of my grading on Mondays. And those are usually a lighter training day for that reason. Mm-hmm. And then by Friday, I might have very minimal amount of work on Friday so that I can use that as my long ride day. So I look at my training schedule, I look at my work schedule, I look at everything that's going on with the family and kind of put in little little blocks right. of time because I can work at any time. That's the that's mm-hmm. the joy of my job is I can get up at 5 a.m. and grade for three hours and then have a chunk of my day yeah. free mm-hmm. if I choose to do that. It's just making those decisions of what's going to work best for work and training. Which yeah. I do oftentimes will work early and then train 
midday while Axel's at school and Justin's at work. The one caveat to that is there's not a lot of separation from my work because I work from home and I don't have set hours. So I usually will end up working on the weekends. I try and take Sundays off, but that doesn't always happen if I get emails or, you know, if there's a lot of grading to be done. So it's, 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 you give a little, you take a little, you, you do what you Mm -hmm. can with. And I, because I get to train and have that flexibility, I'm willing to give up a couple hours on my weekends to do my work. Yeah. Choosing, choosing the priorities that mean the most to you. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's awesome. Um, so with, you know, one of the things that, and, you know, and obviously I know maybe, you know, Axel's eight, so it's a different type of life that you're like, different type of busy that you're in, but I was listening to, um, you know, kind of a different podcast that you did not too long ago. And I did want to touch on one thing where if you're up for it, um, because again, a lot of people that listen to this are moms, or maybe they're soon to be moms. And yeah, basically, uh, I'd love to know kind of how your journey of becoming mom, and what that looked like for you as you transitioned from, you know, maybe just being Kristen, the the athlete and the uh, college instructor to now adding in this mom piece. What was that journey like for you? How did you grow through it, learn from it? take some of the challenges that you're now working through now and, you know, utilizing some of those pieces. Yeah. Becoming a mom was actually really scary for me because I had never been around kids growing up and um, I had never like been around babies. I didn't know how, I didn't know how to be a mom pretty much. And um, my, uh, Justin and I, and my husband and I, we weren't a hundred percent sure if we were going to have kids, but we want. I, I, we were leaning that way, um, and I was. It was more me that was scared, I think. And so when we got pregnant, it was just it was a big shock at that time because we hadn't been actively trying at that point to get pregnant. Um, we were just kind of like, oh, well, if it happens, it happens. If it, And it happened really quickly. <laughs> yeah. And so it was kind of shocking. And I, I didn't know what kind of mom I was going to be. I didn't know. Like, all, all, I wanted, all I knew is that I wanted to be a good mom, but I didn't have the tools and the experience to make me confident in myself that I would be a good mom. And... Um, yeah, so when Axel was born, like it changed my world. I mean, the love that you have for your baby when you meet them is just it's unlike anything else in this world and it totally changed me and I wanted to be the very best for him and I think there were component parts of myself like the perfectionism, the confident like the lack of confidence, all of those things kind of came to surface at that time. And I was also dealing with a little bit of like postpartum anxiety and depression and so many different factors like came to the surface all at once. And I didn't yeah. really know how to cope with it or to deal with it. And um, at that time, I was using training as kind of my, I don't know, my, my outlet, my Your way outlet. to yeah mm-hmm. and your way to manage all those feelings that you were having that probably made no sense at all yeah yeah and um I had a hard time like talking to other people about it as well like I didn't have a good mom group I didn't have many friends at that time that had babies that age so I felt a little bit lonely and triathlon was a good way for me to feel connected still to something mm-hmm. else that was mm-hmm. a part of me because I just I was going through all these different role changes yeah. and I didn't really know how to manage or to juggle all of the, the feelings the emotions the, the change in lifestyle um, but it did teach me to be a lot more patient and 
um, just to be give myself a little bit more grace. Yeah, which was a good thing for me. Eventually, I learned all this, but it did take some time. Take some time first year. Yeah. Yeah. Oh wow! Well, thank you for sharing that. I know there's a lot of people that can relate to that, and, and you know, it doesn't. It's hard to talk about, and it doesn't get talked about enough, unfortunately. Yeah. Um. Anything that you would recommend to maybe somebody that's going, maybe they they feel like they're going through something similar. That maybe you know, what would you recommend to someone if they were kind of maybe feeling that same way? Gosh, I look at myself now, and I'm like, if I could go back and do things differently, I would have, like, I would have, I would have tried to find a mom or just some person at that time that was in a similar place as me, I would have done something to like, find connection with other moms, because I that's something that I really lacked and didn't have. Mm -hmm. I didn't have like the play dates. And so it was just it was just me. And so I would that that's the one thing I would really recommend is just finding even if it's just another person like finding a small group some somebody that you can connect with and talk with about these things um and then for me I probably would have um talked with the counselor as well yeah. like I would have yeah I would have reached out for help and talked with somebody a professional and uh, worked through it a little bit more instead of thinking that I could just take care mm-hmm. of it on my own because I'm kind of stubborn like that. <laughs> and <laughs> Most of us triathletes are. <laughs> right? Yeah, like, no, I can do this. I can, mm-hmm. If I can do all these other things, I can do this. But at some point, I think it's good to, to, to give up that, yeah, and ask for help. Yeah, I think that's great. I kind of, I mean, I went through very something very similar, but mine was prepartum. So I had a lot of prepartum anxiety and a lot of prepartum issues. And I think the number one thing that saved me was I had a friend who was pregnant at the same time and we could commiserate. And yeah, like our, our babies were within like three weeks of each other born. And so it was just, we were going through the exact same piece. And it, it was such a helpful piece because, you know, love Brandon, but he doesn't understand. But <laughs> they, they don't understand um and so yeah i think that's great great advice um and i think it's important to talk about so thank you for sharing i appreciate that um i know even eight years later it's not always easy to talk about (laughs) yeah yeah um awesome okay so um i want to really really shift gears here and we've got kona world championships coming up we're going to completely shift. Like we went like deep right there. And now we're going to talk about something completely <laughs> separate. Um, and Taylor Nib is on the race start line. I what saw are that. You, what are your thoughts on that? I am curious. Well, so she qualified by winning the 70.3 yes. world championship. Which I just, <laughs> I just don't know if I agree with that. <laughs> well, I think, isn't that, has it, been that way for a while like the winner of the 70.3 gets a Kona spot if they want it oh I don't know I didn't know that I I think that's how it's been but I'm not exactly sure yeah Ironman's always changing you know there so who knows (laughs) um I think it adds like this whole I don't know like new dimension yes new dimension Like, because mm-hmm. we've never seen her do a full distance Ironman. Mm-hmm. And yeah. to do your first in Kona at the World Championship, I mean, I don't think that she would show up to that race and start unless it was a healthy Taylor nib and mm-hmm. she was on her game and ready to perform on that world stage. Yeah. So it'll be really interesting and it's going to add a whole different dynamic to the race in and of mm-hmm. itself. Even if she ends up blowing up or, you know, walking on yeah. the marathon, it's still, her racing is still going to change the dynamics of that race. Yeah. Cause she's just a powerhouse swimmer, powerhouse biker. Um, yeah. You know, she's going to put people like Lucy Charles um, under pressure. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think it'll be really interesting. I just, I didn't, you know, from my piece, it was like, okay, if you haven't done an Ironman, should you, I don't know. 
feel like you're just being given a slot, but that's just my own issues, I guess. <laughs> but I do think it'll be really exciting to watch and to see. Um, okay. I want to continue kind of on this track because I know this was a question that you've asked us in the past on the podcast is what are our thoughts on Nice? So you've got an Ironman coming up, which would qualify you for Nice. What are your thoughts on it? I know. <laughs> People have asked if I'm trying to qualify for Nice at California, and I honestly don't know if I would take my spot. Uh, I think it has more to do with the timing of the race and mm-hmm. with like with actual school schedule. It's not easy to take him out of school for. I mean, if we're going to travel yeah. that far and to travel. Nice, yeah. we want to yeah. be there for a couple weeks and make a vacation out of it. So. I'm not sure if the timing of that will work, but I mean, the course looks really interesting. Be a good, uh, it's a biker's paradise and that's. <laughs> yes, a climbers, but for climbers somebody like me, who's a little bit um, of a weenie when it comes to descending, like on technical descents, I tend to ride my brakes. Ah. Maybe not in the race dynamic. Like I've never really done a technical race Mm -hmm. so i don't know how i would handle that like i'd probably take more chances when i'm out training i don't take a lot of chances because it's just not worth it to me no same but maybe racing i would Mm -hmm. but watching the feet of that course i was just like oh my gosh like some of those the the narrow roads through this like little towns Mm -hmm. it just it looks really challenging. Very challenging, which was was really intriguing for me at the same time. Like, I feel like a world championship race should be very challenging. Like, it should push you as an athlete to be the best version yeah. across the board. Like, you need to be a strong swimmer, the strong bike. Like, you need to be a well-rounded athlete to be. And that's, but that's what trial, that's what Ironman started as, right? Like, who can be? they they had the the bets on is the swimmer the biker the runner like the best athlete and it was more then you know evolved into like who's the more more well-rounded athlete um and for me i thought that's kind of you know a piece that really kind of stood out with it being in in nice um but it does look challenging and kind of crazy but a lot of fun at the same time um, yeah yeah awesome okay well, so we'll see, right? So you're just not sure. It'll be kind of maybe a split second. I mean, it has to be a split second decision for you if you do qualify. Yeah. That it, yeah. Justin and I would definitely have to have a conversation and I need to look at the date and our schedule mm-hmm. for next year. I mean, we we might be and probably are going to be moving to Arizona, which they're on a different school schedule there. So Yes, they are. <laughs> maybe it would work out a little better. Yeah, that's right. I I know we talked about that a little bit in uh, Oregon that you're kind of wanting to move down to um, the Tucson area. Yep. Yeah. I want to join you in the sunshine. Honestly, (laughs) it's awesome. It really is fabulous. Um, What prompts Tucson over other places? Um, I think it's, well, Justin really likes the Tucson area. Mm-hmm. It's and so when we had first started talking about moving someplace warm, he just, lo- he loves Bend, but he could, he could be convinced if it were Tucson because Tucson has the mountains there. So it does have some similar um, similarity to Bend, like being able mm-hmm. to see the mountains, being able to drive up Mount Lemon and be in the snow. If you want to be in the snow. Um, and yeah, it it doesn't have like that when we've been there visiting there. It doesn't have the huge city feel to it. It feels pretty mm-hmm. spread out and like you can find little pockets where it still feels kind of small townish. Yeah, I agree. So, yeah. and it's good driving distance to like if we want to go to the Phoenix area, it's only a couple hours away. Yep. Easy to get to. 2 hours very yeah. easy to drive. Um Yeah. Well, we would welcome you in the Arizona area because then we could do some riding together because that would be a lot of fun. I know. Yeah, yeah for sure. Awesome. Um, okay. So a question that I like to ask people is, and it can be, sometimes it can be a challenging one, but 
what have you learned the most about yourself through your triathlon journey, mom life journey? What have you learned the most about yourself? Um, if I'm thinking about what I've learned the most, I think the biggest change that I've seen in myself is that I have learned to love myself. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Um, and that I've learned that it's okay to prioritize something that I feel like is good for my health, my joy, um, my mind, and my self-confidence. Because I, growing up, I wasn't a very confident girl. And I had a lot of body image issues. I did not like my body. And I just, I struggled with that for years. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't really until I started doing triathlon that I developed this appreciation for my body. And uh, I discovered, wow, I, maybe I do really like myself and mm-hmm. <laughs> I appreciate what I'm capable of doing when I put my mind to it. I haven't really given myself that chance. And triathlons kind of opened that door for me. Mm-hmm. And there's a number of reasons for that growing up. I think I had some pretty bad coaches when I was in sport as a high schooler. And it just made me feel like the amount of work that I do doesn't matter if you're not this type of person or if you don't look a certain way or, um, you know, you're not friends with this friend group. and Yeah. <laughs> yeah so. There were so many things growing up that just made me kind of doubt myself. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until like the last 10 years when I have really changed that attitude about myself. And that yeah. happened after becoming a mom too. Like mm-hmm. I just found this new appreciation for what my body could do. It was just amazing. The transformation that I went through and now here I am even after going through all that and I'm stronger than ever, which is really cool. And continuing to grow, like continuing to test yourself on what does it take for me to, like you said earlier with Oregon, like what does it take for me to take a risk? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Um, that self-confidence piece is huge. I mean, as soon as you become confident in yourself, then it just, it opens so many doors. mm -hmm. Do you find that now, you know, as you've kind of maybe even come to the realization that you do trust yourself and trust your body a little bit more that it's easier to pull on that confidence or do you still find that you have to really dig deep for it like use specific statements or tools or tricks to help you kind of pull on and especially maybe in a race when you're you know not sure if you can you know risk it all to get the win yeah i think i've I develop confidence through training and that's why I love the training so much is because I learn each and every day through my training sessions. Even if I don't hit a session correctly or I need to take a day off, it's just an opportunity to learn and to, you know, you just, over time that adds up. I'll, I, I'll never forget my um, my first coach. He said that each training day, each training session, because I would worry about, well, what if I don't get in the training tomorrow? Or what if I miss this workout? He would say each training session is like a card and you're just adding this deck of cards. And so even if you don't hit this one session, you've got this whole deck that you've already built and it's just making you stronger, that deck. And so if I miss a day, if I don't hit a session, I still have this deck that through experience of what I've done that I have as to fall back on. So in the grand scheme of things, not hitting one session or not not performing to to what I want to do isn't going to be like a bad thing, isn't a bad thing. Yep. I love that. And that's something I deal with a lot with a lot of my athletes constantly like 
well, I couldn't hit that run, which means I'm not going to be able to do this. You know, I'm going to be bad at this race. That's like 20 weeks away. It's like, well, no, just (laughs) give yourself some grace here. (laughs) Um, Yes, we all have. I mean, it's easy to do, (laughs) but I love that analogy too. You know, that deck of cards it's cause it is, you're just stacking the, the longer that you go, you know, I always tell, like to tell athletes, like what you're doing today isn't for tomorrow. It's not even for a week from now. What you yeah. do today is for um, eight, six months from now, a year from now. And that's, yeah. that's when you're going to notice it. Yeah, absolutely. And that's what I have discovered as well. And that like, it's, it's a, lifelong experience right from when you first start the sport until now even that first year is still like it still matters now Mm -hmm. yep yeah and you're I mean you're probably seeing that I mean you're having I feel like you're putting you've seen some of your best right some of your best races some of your best energy you know and you're 10 years 12 years into the sport almost and yeah starting to pay off takes time yeah, it does take time. You have to be very patient. <laughs> yes, you do. <laughs> very patient. It's definitely a sport that takes a lot of patience. Um, awesome. Well, I we're coming up kind of close-ish to our hour here, but Ironman California is coming up for you. Uh, I, we briefly kind of chatted on it and how you were excited for it, but um, any goals with that or any specific piece of it that you're excited for? I know this was a race that is in place of Canada for you, which maybe was a little bit challenging to make that decision, um, even though it was for the right reasons. Um, But yeah, anything you're excited about for it? Yeah, I was actually, when Canada got canceled, I was excited when they offered California because it was sold out. And I had looked at the race earlier this year because the downriver swim always appeals to me. Because that's... It's definitely helping a weakness of mine. Um, And then it's also wetsuit legal, which I love swimming in my wetsuit. So when they offered athletes the opportunity to race at California and it's within driving distance, I'm like, oh, that's perfect. This is excellent. This is, you know, this is working out better than I could have expected uh, given the situation and circumstances. So I'm actually like super excited about this race. I've never done a really flat bike course. I think the flattest I've done is Arizona. Which is surprisingly um, not flat. <laughs> but yeah, exactly. It's not flat. <laughs> yeah. But this one is very flat. Mm-hmm. So um, I'll be interested to see what I can do on a really flat bike course. Yep. Probably will be windy. Last year they had a horrendous headwind. Yeah. But and the year before that it was canceled. So I feel like yes. <laughs> maybe this year it'll be perfect condition. Be perfect. I guess the harder the conditions are on the bike, the better for me. Because mm-hmm. I'm really good in the wind and like the bike is just my strength. So the adverse conditions on the bike would be actually a good thing for me probably. Yeah. <laughs> With that, you know, kind of in that, you know, the bike is your strength from a training standpoint. Do you guys, I know you're working, you've been working with Rennie this year, correct? Yes. Did I get that right? Okay. I did get that right. Um, from a training standpoint, is that kind of a focus for you guys? Is the bike to kind of work on that strength or do you have a very well-rounded balance of training? Yeah, she has been... We we definitely doing more of the well-rounded approach, mm-hmm. but she's definitely getting me stronger on the bike because she sees that as kind of a superpower for me. Mm-hmm. It's my strongest of the three sports, so I think that learn that that's one of the reasons why my bike split at Oregon was so much better than I could have expected was because of the work that we are doing. We're pushing a little bit harder. We're working in a lot more zone four area than I'm used to. Like I'm used to just going out and riding endurance, but we're doing a lot more work on the bike 
um, trying to lift that to, ceiling a little bit higher. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Cause I think I still have a lot of room for improvement on the bike, but I can get complacent on the bike too, because I know that even a conservative ride for me is still a great ride in comparison with most of my competitors. So I can get complacent. And I think that's what has happened in years past. Whereas right now I'm like, I really want to use a bike as my strength and take a risk on the bike and push the higher limit that I can. That was probably a good mindset shift for you at Oregon. And obviously now taking that into this is working to not get complacent in, yeah. in there and noticing were you able to notice at a time like, oh, I am kind of getting complacent out of here. I need to make a shift. Yeah, I kind of felt that last year for sure. It definitely felt it at Arizona, even though I was having, I didn't have a good race at Arizona because I wasn't feeling well on the bike. But I kind of noticed that last year um, I would just kind of go into my happy place on the bike where I know it's comfortable, but I'm still doing well. And because I'm always scared about going too hard and then blowing up on the run. Mm -hmm. So I just kind of, I I go the more conservative route when I ride. And I did not do that this year for Oregon and it paid off. So I'm going to try it in a full distance. I'd argue that it'd be along a good lines for you to, we talked about confidence, but trust yourself, right? Back yourself. Yeah. Like I can ride hard on the bike and still run well off the bike too. Yeah. And sometimes you have to like take that risk and do it once and prove to yourself before you're like, okay, yeah, I, that, I can do that. And then yep. you can execute it again, but for, you have to take that first step. And it's mm-hmm. taken me a lot of years to get to that place, but I'm kind of at that point in my triathlon journey where it's time to take the risks and to see what, where, where I can stretch myself. I love that. I love that your whole year, your 2023 year has been about taking risks and yeah. kind of seeing who the new Kristen Yaks is with, with this. Um, yeah. I, think we're, I think we're seeing she is a powerhouse. um okay my last question to you um you know especially this is great because you are definitely someone who has gone through like the whole range of triathlon like like brand new newbie like you said i think you did over six hours or right around six hours at your first 70.3 now to again world championship qualifier overall age grouper what would you tell somebody who is maybe newish into the sport wanting to have they're wanting to kind of maybe not necessarily have that same trajectory but they want to really improve they want to spend they want to they want to be in it for a long time what would be your number one advice to somebody oh i would say well i think getting a coach is always a good idea. I 100% agree with that. (laughs) But from like a a mindset standpoint, I would say that triathlon is, it's an art and it's kind of a journey that you have to be ready to take for the long run. Yeah. And I look at each season of triathlon um, as a blank canvas and you get these opportunities with each training session, with each day to practice different nutrition strategies and see what kind of courses are geared toward you or not geared toward you. Um, For example, I like rivers. I like swimming in rivers. Yeah, Um, yeah. But somebody might prefer an ocean if they're a strong swimmer. So you you get to look at those kind of features of courses and you really get to kind of create your own canvas and learn what works for you, what doesn't work for you. And it's it's something that changes over experience as well. Mm-hmm. So over several years, um, you might have a whole different kind of perspective or point of view than when you first started so I do really think it's an art just like any other passion that people have um 
you can make it kind of your own art in a way. And that's kind of what it is for me. It's a, it's a, this beautiful thing that I absolutely love. And it's, it's art in and of itself. It's a, it's a, yeah. Oh, that was awesome. I love that. That was so beautiful because it's so true. It's like you are the canvas and you get to experience like all aspects of it's a blank slate and you get to put all the pieces into it and allow it to flourish into something beautiful and unexpected. Yeah. Um, And yeah, that's awesome. Um, Wow. That was beautiful. I think we should all make our own art. (laughs) Um, okay so you've got california next anything after california or are you done for the year yeah that's kind of all i have for this year um Mm -hmm. my plans changed after canada was canceled Mm -hmm. because after when i was doing canada i was actually going to do maybe a late season race like i was looking at cozumel oh yeah but (laughs) yeah that'd be tough to do those ones back to back you'd be doing like a four week be four weeks in between barely yeah that'd be a tough so i i don't think i'm gonna do that but um i looked at indian wells but i think we're gonna be focusing on moving maybe yeah there you go and maybe whatever that whatever what that brings and then i have found that living here in phoenix has made it easier to travel to places because you know well, at least from Phoenix, that there's more flights available. Whereas Spokane, similar to Bend, wasn't always easy. wasn't always easy to get places. No, it's not easy to travel at all. Or you just no. drive to your races. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, hopefully yeah. being down there will open up more doors to other opportunities and different races than I've been doing here. Awesome. Well, great. Well, good luck at Ironman California. I know we will all be cheering for you. Um, And if anybody wants to follow along on Kristen's journey, where can they find you? Um, Probably the best place is Instagram. Her photos Uh, on Instagram are very pretty. I love them. I haven't (laughs) been very active on there. I need to get my butt back on there. Um, but I, I am better at the stories than I am at posting the squares, but that's, yeah. So Kristen Yaks, PhD on Instagram. Yes. That's a good spot to find her. She's got really awesome stuff. And I love how you're always, love how you're always authentic. Like you're not afraid to say when it's sucking. (laughs) I think is what we need more in this life of people not being able to say like, this is, this is hard. Yeah, it's not all rainbows and unicorns and butterflies for sure. <laughs> no. So awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Really appreciate it. Um, good luck at Ironman California. I know, again, we'll be cheering for you. Um, go for that overall win again. Thank you. I know. A, Wouldn't that be amazing? Take a risk. <laughs> <laughs> I might. You should. I think you should. I think we, we're all going to agree. Kristen's going to take some risks out there and she's going to go for it. Yes. Awesome. Thanks, Kristen.